First, I have a word of congratulations for Jim. One year anniversary of uh, confirmation and entrance into full communion with the Catholic Church. Wonderful, great to have you here. And uh, we remember last year with great, uh, with great joy. Uh, what a wonderful day that was on the solemnity of Christ the King. So glad you're with us today. You know, one of the hardest things to do, especially if you're stubborn like I am, is to uh, let someone else get their way. Let someone else get their way. And uh, that's one of the hardest things, isn't it? To let someone else have their way. And I think that's one way that we need to understand today's feast, the solemnity of Christ the King. Today we proclaim Jesus is King, not just the King of rock and roll or the King of a country or the King of some other kind of kingdom, but the King of the universe. That's what we prayed in our opening prayer, the King of the universe. Now, kings are not a common concept for us in a republic like the American experiment, but yet we uh, still have this title for Jesus, the King. And sometimes we understand sort of this category of rule and king to be somewhat foreign to a freedom-loving republic. But yet, this idea of Jesus as king is so important. It's so important because it helps us to see that the desires that are in the heart of Jesus are destined to have their way. He's, he, and he desires to have his way. And this is like one of the most important things in our life of faith is to let Jesus get his way. Is to let Jesus get his way. And it's a reminder that we don't find happiness and joy just by getting our way, just by having things planned out according to our plan or our projects. But in a certain sense, by this acknowledgement and even obedience to someone else, to Jesus, the King. Now, obedience is not a popular word in our day, is it? It has a lot of, and that's because there's been some Right, negative authoritarian sort of regimes throughout history and, and even the way power is exercised in our own experience is oftentimes one that's negative. But Jesus is the king. He's the king. He's the king of love. He's the king of peace. He's the king of everything that is good. And before this king, letting him have his way, Obedience is good news, is good news for us. For we want, right, all these great things in life. We want joy, we want peace, we want security. We want all these things. But we can't attain them by the exercise of our own freedom or authority. They only come about when we give Jesus permission to exercise his authority in our life. When we give him permission to have his way, then we will have peace. (laughs) Then we will have joy. Then we will have security. Then we have all good things. 
but it requires this battle, right? We want the peace of God without obedience to Jesus. <laughs> That's this paradox, isn't it? Like, we want all the good things that God wants to bless us with, but Lord, like, can you just give them to us without obedience? <laughs> can you just give them to us without, like, us having to surrender our own will to yours? Can you just, like, give them to us and we can still have our own way? <laughs> like, that's this, like, deal that fallen nature wants to make with God, is can we have all these great things and my way too? <laughs> In my way too. And so part of today's feast in acknowledging Jesus as king is acknowledging the fact of this drama of the human heart to let God have his way. To give willing obedience to Jesus. Because we won't just have a wonderful life by our own projects and plans. That's the great mirage of the modern world, isn't it? That if I could just finally have my life curated the way I want to, if I can just have everything sort of laid out like in, in, in my little head the way I want to, then, boy, it'd be great. It won't. It won't. It will only be to the degree that we sort of surrender to Christ the King, to Christ the King. And that requires on our part the willingness to let someone else have their way. That means on our part to some degree allowing our stubbornness to die and to pledge allegiance to Christ the King. And we're afraid of that, aren't we? We're afraid of that kind of vulnerability and surrender to another especially to God, we somehow think it'll be safe if we just don't do that. But my friends, Christ is the best of kings, right? He's the king of love. He's the king of sacrifice. He's the king with the greatest of calls and the most wonderful of blessings. Just look at today's gospel, right? The he sits on his throne, and what question does he ask? Or what does he say? What's he concerned about as he sits on this place of authority of the universe? What's he concerned about? I was hungry and you gave me food. That's what he's concerned about, isn't he? Like he's not concerned about himself, He's not concerned about attracting all attention to him. He's concerned that, um, that love is happening. I was hungry and you gave me food. I was ill and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. That's what he's concerned about when he's king. He's not concerned about all these other things that we might imagine he might be. That this is the thing that he's concerned about. And I think that reveals a second important thing about today's feast day. It reveals to us the true nature of power. The true nature of power. 
We're so concerned with power in our, in our day, whether it be the power in, um, in society, in school, on a sports team, or even in a family and a married life. We're concerned about whose will matters. And that's because we falsely assume that the greatest of power is to exercise authority. We think that's where it's at. That to exercise authority, the question of who's right and who gets to decide, that that matters over everything. Who gets to exercise authority, that that's really gonna change things. That's gonna change a society, that's gonna change a country, that's gonna change a a city that's going to change a, a campus, that's going to change a, uh, a family dynamic. Yeah, exercise authority. That's what matters. That's our false assumption. What Christ the King reveals is that true power is the power of sacrificial love, not the exercise of authority, but the power of sacrificial love. The power of sacrificial love. That's what the king is concerned about in today's gospel, isn't it? All these categories are categories of sacrificial love. And a lot of them are hidden and unnoticed. And loving those that we don't even know. I was thirsty and you gave me drink, a stranger, and you welcomed me. These are acts of sacrificial love. This is the true power of the king. To love in these hidden and sacrificial ways. Not the question of who's in charge. Or who was right. That's not real power, is it? How many of you know who was the president of the United States in 1841? Or even 1941 for that matter. Not many, I guess. Or who was Roman emperor in, in 23 AD? Or any sort of great exercise of power in world history? We don't become interested in those things in the long run, do we? But what do we love? We love like the hidden stories of the saints, right? We love like the little stories of St. Therese or St. Joan of Arc or the intricacies of the life of St. Francis. Because what was happening there, some great power and authority exercising dominion, steamrolling everyone in its way? No, it's the power of sacrificial love. The power of sacrificial love. There's real power in that, isn't there? St. Francis de Sales would even go so far to say that there's nothing as gentle as true power and there's nothing as powerful as true gentleness because that's the power of sacrificial love. But somehow, our fallen nature clamors after influence, authority, and getting our way because we think that that's going like, to finally like, get something done. That's finally going to change the world we just have the right authority in place. 
The exercise of authority can only accomplish so much. It's, right, a part of, a part of uh, human life. We're social and political animals for sure. But yet, it's not the most important, is it? And that's what Christ the King reveals, is that the power of sacrificial love will change so much in our world, will heal so much in our world, will give peace to so much in our world, more than we can imagine. Or we can think about even friendships, relationships, marriages. It's amazing how often, like, the question comes up like, like who gets to make a decision in a family? Like, like who's the authority? How often does the question get at, gets asked, when's my next opportunity for sacrificial love? When's my next opportunity to rule as Christ rules? Not just with the mere getting of my way, but with sacrificial love, with dying to oneself. I was thinking about this on Thursday night. Some of you remember Father Gabriel was here from uh, one of the national chaplains for Focus. What a great priest, Father Gabriel. His, his visit was so great. He's from the community of the Franciscan Friars of, of the Renewal. And, uh, and they serve in some of the, the most extreme places of poverty within the world. And their witness is beautiful. And so he was here and he was meeting with all the missionaries and Seha and him and I were having supper. We had a great supper Thursday night. And then afterwards, Father and I sat down to talk for a couple hours in the rectory just about priestly life, about the life of the church, about lots of good things, just a great conversation. And he mentioned to me in passing, he said, you know, he said, I was prior of my community for two years. <laughs> I'm glad that's over. I'm glad that's over. So he was in charge for two years of his priory, and he said, I'm glad that's over. So I can like, get back to this other work of, uh, of just like, loving the poor as a Franciscan priest. Like, How many people would say that about their careers? You know, I had a chance to be in charge at my company, and you know, it was just the worst couple years of my life. I, just, I don't want to ever do that again. I got to be in charge of a project. I, I made the C-suite. I, uh, I got to be dean of something here on campus. I, uh, I got to be the, the, the head, whatever it is, in my company or my, my work. Like, most people are striving for that position. And here's Father Gabriel. He's like, yeah, I'm glad that's over. I'm glad that's over. Because we imagine that, right, to be great is to somehow exercise authority. That's, that's, what, that's what leadership looks like. When Christ the King points us to something else, he says, you know, I know what real power is. I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was ill and you cared for me. That's real power, isn't it? Like, look over, like, the history of the church. Like, look how much power the saints have. Not because they're in a position of authority, just because they allow Jesus to have his way 
and they love sacrificially. And it's like a bomb going off in terms of the, uh, the influence upon on human life. Like a bomb of love, just boom. It just has such great power. So let's ask the Holy Spirit for that gift today. That we may have the courage to exert great power over the world by following Christ the King and loving sacrificially and asking for the freedom to let Jesus get his way in our life.